This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. G'day, g'day. Welcome to My Millennial Money. I'm Glenn James and this guy is... John Pigeon. Now, we are a podcast and John, I'm thinking about changing the vibe of the podcast. Really? Want to get funnier? Yeah, maybe a little bit more hilarious, Mm. but this really is now a podcast for the My Millennial Money community. Yes. So, it's not we're putting out a podcast for everyone and everyone's welcome to listen, Yeah. but it is really centered around the regulars in the Facebook group, the irregulars in the Facebook group, the people who are picking up what we're putting down and yeah, it's for you, it's for the community. So, we're not out there actively just trying to get random people. If people join, they're joining our world uh, through an organic type situation. They might be uh, recommended that they listen to an episode. Uh, We don't really spend, well, to date, I've spent no money this year on advertising for the podcast. So, uh, it's not really about being the biggest and the best and all that we're just doing our thing yeah but there is an extreme word of mouth there is uh but before we chat today we're going to chat about farmer wants a wife we're going to chat about living abroad we're going to talk about ethical superannuation and there's some other stuff that will probably get us cancelled along the way and of course before we do that we've recently announced that we have partnered with Tao for the tuesday show And for the first couple of weeks until maybe the end of the year even, I'm just going to remind everyone what TAL is, T-A-L, how they work, what they do and all that stuff. If you're in Sydney, their office is on George Street and it's a green logo, T-A-L. Now, TAL, they'll be here uh, each Tuesday and we're just going to give them a shout out as a thanks for supporting financial literacy in Australia and my millennial money. So, who is TAL? Well, TAL, and that's T-A-L, they're Australia's leading life insurer. TAL is committed to helping more Australians understand the value of life insurance and supporting them in their time of need. It's not their first rodeo. TAL has been around for over 150 years. And when you've been around for that long, you know what matters most, right? And what's that, John? Consistency. And experience. All the good stuff. So it is their experience that allows them to protect you and your loved ones and their future with confidence. They insure more than 4.5 million Australians and their families, and they're right here. They're supporting My Millennial Money. They are our Tuesday show partner. We can't do this podcast without them. TAL, insuring this Australian life. Search TAL online, T-A-L, or speak to your financial advisor today about how TAL can help protect you and your family. And you can go to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help if you need an advisor. All right, John. Let's do this. Let's do this. I've got to do a, a clarification of something that happened last week, so let's have a chat. Okay, quick clarification. I had a big rant um, about Afterpay, about how they're going into pubs and all that. Mm, how'd it go down? Yeah, pretty good. I mean, a lot of people liked it. I just want to clarify one thing. 
there's comments out there, but credit cards exist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's right. But the difference is you have to apply to get a credit card. You've got to go through an application for credit process. My bent with this easy credit stuff is I could walk in drunk to a computer and sign up. Yes. Like there's no credit checks. So it's a lower barrier of entry mm. to get debt. And as a society, as it stands, we are happy with this situation. Yes. Will it change? Going, I hope it changes. It's going to implode. So that's uh, that's just some clarification. Like, yes, I know credit cards exist, but the whole thing is this is easy credit. Mm. Uh, and technically, by the black and white, it's not credit, but yeah. let's be real. If you owe someone money, guess what? It's a debt. Yeah. Well, being on the cold face, chatting to a lot of people every day, mm. I'm finding less and less people have actually got credit cards. So the the tide's definitely turning on that as well. So hopefully the same thing applies here, but they don't actually start with it to begin with. Yeah, that's right. So there we have it. I'll do some more housekeeping after the break in a little bit. But uh, John, there's a question here from Sarah and I've put it in here because it's of a particular interesting topic for me. Um, I don't know why. Because you've never been there? Because I've never been to the Outback and I don't know what love is. Uh, But can you... (laughs) Now would be a good time for Nathan to insert. Good song. So can you read Sarah Grote's question? She says, I gave up my career for love to move to an Outback station. How do I not fall behind financially? What do I ask for from my partner? could not continue my profession due to remoteness. So I'm taking this as though Sarah's moved back to the city, no longer remote. Are you taking that or no, not? No, 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 no. She's saying she's moved to an outback station. She can't do her – she can't continue her profession because she's remote. Yes, but, uh, but now what's she doing? Yeah, well, what does she ask from her partner and how does she not fall behind? Mm. I mean, this is right up your alley. So in your situation – your brother still has the family farm. Yes. Does your sister-in-law, was she a city gal or anything like that? No, she was also country. Oh, well, initially she went away to the city but came back. So she's still around the place as well. Mm. Um, without going into my family history, she married a farmer. So, yeah, they've each got their own essentially. Mm. Um, yeah. I'm take, So I'm a little bit confused but has Sarah, Sarah's partner is – the owner of the station, but she can't work in there in her profession at the moment. So she feels though she's a a kept woman. Mm. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah. And she doesn't want to fall behind financially. So what does she do? Look, it's it's an interesting one, that kept woman status. Um, Some people love it. Is that like an old person saying? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So for for the new people listening, which is all of you, um, it, it's basically where the, the old the olden days the husband goes out to work right. and the the wife stays home and cooks the dinner right right and does the cleaning and everything else. Now that's very much 1930 stuff, mm. but it does still exist. I don't know. You can go to my parents' house; it's probably still there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it does still exist in cases like this, and and Sarah's an example of that. So some people really thrive on that, and and I, I want to be that person that provides for my family at home. Others say, well, I want my independence and I want to earn my own money and I, I feel guilty when I go and spend um, our money. And I think that's the key is the mindset of knowing that it's our money, not his money. 
just because he owns the station or he runs the station, um, they've gone into a, a binding uh, love agreement together. Uh, it's got it, the the phrase is our, not his. Yeah, I think it's an interesting question um, because you know love will cost you something. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Love ain't cheap. No. Now, what I'm thinking in this situation, Sarah, you obviously knew at some point that you would move to the station. There may have or should have been some type of longer term conversation. I don't know. And this is the thing. We get one sentence and um, we've just got to, you know, chew it. But what I'm thinking you're a professional person and you're remote. Now, as long as you've got internet, we'll assume there's internet, it's half decent. I think if it's a permanent situation that you are now going to be living on the farm and you love your partner, you love the farm life, life's great, but it's now a little uh, career crisis that Sarah, I can't sit around and I really want to make sure that I'm adding as much value on this planet with my profession. Yes. So I'm thinking, I was actually talking to Shell yesterday from My Millennial Career and we were at lunch and, you know, we get on well because we're friends and we're just chatting about, you know, over time when we change careers and whatnot and imagine a line. Okay, so we draw a line on the whiteboard. Most of us and most people listening to this right now, you'll fit above the line and what the line is it's a distinguishing thing. So if I drew the line, under the line, you're basically a doormat, you know, not skilled, mm. pretty useless, okay? But most people above the line, your skills will be transferable somehow, some way. Yeah. You are above the line as that person. So my thing is, can Sarah look at her skills and her profession? And she could be an optometrist and there's no optometry out there and I can't do eye consults uh, via Zoom, right? So, the question is, the skills that got her to be an optometrist, it could be like, I've got attention to detail, I can research, I can do this. How do we transfer those skills to something else that is a passion of Sarah's either online or on the ranch? Mm -hmm. So... And that's what I mean. Like we often need people like us to be in your ear to say, hey, we've all got transferable skills. We get taught in society that you do your HSC, you go to university, you get a job. This is what you train for. This is what you are. Yeah. But everybody has transferable skills. It's just a matter of taking the time to really explore what you're good at and what you like doing and moving in that direction. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. And being in the outback, um, she's not going to school drop-off and running into 12 other families and 12 other parents that she can chat to about these things. So it's awesome that she's reached out to us to ask a question. Um, it, it is an interesting one and, and farmers might um, yell and scream at me for this, but they do want to protect their own. So someone comes into that family and it's like, well, we don't want this person to take half of the farm in the event of a divorce. So it is quite protected in a lot of cases. So I, I exactly see where she may be coming from here. So can, to your point about 
pivoting? Can she create something that's online in her profession or, yeah, do something that's going to give her some stimulation each day? But I think having a conversation with her partner is probably the first step, isn't it? Yeah, and probably, and we don't know how remote it is and we don't know if there's kids on the table or anything like that, but can we do a FIFO thing? Yeah. So we're flying into a city for a contract yeah. for a week yeah. to scratch that itch and then you go back. I don't know. I'm just saying this is an example where John and I, you know, we don't have the answers to everyone, but it's a good discussion to think about. And I would even say, what about this? If we change this question, I gave up my career for love and I'm just going to put a line through to move to an outback station. Um, and then I'm going to put a line through how do I not fall behind financially? What do I ask from my partner? So I gave up my career for love, could not continue my profession due to remoteness. So it could be a different city. It could be a different town. Yeah. So the underlying thing is you've had a sacrifice that you felt that was a sacrifice. We hope that the partner knows that you sacrificed that because the partner doesn't know that you've sacrificed that. I can't help you on a money podcast. Yeah. But and probably can't help anyone anyway. But um, I think it is more that I gave up something for love. I'm very happily in love, but now I need to really look to the future to see what could happen. Yeah, and, and where she says, "How do I not fall behind financially?" It's we. So we could be doing financially very well. So I, again, it's uh, it's reframing. It's a, it's and, a personality I mean, play. Like she could feel that. You know, the station could be doing quite well Mm. and she could feel that, well, I'm not bringing any monetary value. I don't want to feel like I'm not adding anything. I don't want to waste my human capital. Yeah. So, it's a real thing. So absolutely, it's real. But yeah, probably didn't answer it, but... No. All right. The next question that uh, we probably won't be able to answer, Deepthi Rao, immigrant parents not understanding how to invest. So... What I would probably want to think about is in terms of immigrants, and we've done episodes recently and I've talked to immigrants from India. uh, I think both of them recently were from India. What the underlying thing is, is the cultural piece. So can you somehow do some research or even put a question up in the Facebook group? Hey, everyone, my parents are from X. Um, Does anyone have any and we'll assume Indian. Does anyone have any Indian connections within the money world where someone could be a financial advisor who gets that cultural piece and that they might be able to do a financial seminar? Because a lot of the time, the money stuff is the same, but we need to go to a destination or arrive at an educational point with it wrapped in culture. So somebody might well and truly know the Indian culture, but also know the Australian culture and how we manage money here. So that's the kind of first layer. But the second layer, John, which I'll get you to comment on, is convincing someone to do something that you've got no authority to speak on that, whether that is I'm a younger child of a parent or a friend that's really bad with managing their money. Yeah. So it's a couple of layers here. Yeah, I think... We again, we don't know the story, but they they may have reached out to their son or daughter and said, "Well, how do we how do we invest? Where do we start? Because we can see you're doing some good things. Where do how do we go about it? And, and if that's the case, I would say, well, baby steps. 
Like what's one thing I can do today and then tomorrow and then the next day? It's just consistency starting with the real basic stuff to then build on that. Um, but, yeah, we can't convince someone. We can only empower them, can't we? Yeah, and I will say, uh, Deep Thea, if you want to email uh, or Instagram or Facebook message the team, we can email team at, uh, team at sortyourmoneyout.com uh, and just say you were on this, uh, mentioned on this podcast, I'll post you a book to give to your parents. Uh, so the book is Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested. It, it might be a good entry point. Uh, it's the book that I've written uh, and it will... Um, <laughs> it's in all languages. Sorry? <laughs> it's in all languages. <laughs> I was just thinking, someone left a really wild review on Booktopia. Like, this is the worst book I've ever attempted to read. Really? One star, arrogant, rude, don't waste your time. So if you want to if you want to read the worst book ever, <laughs> I'll send it to your parents. Uh, <laughs> That's very generous. Yeah. <laughs> I see people like don't read the room. I love all these crap. Like whatever. Um mm. I'll just um, let me know when you write a book and I'll comment on it. Um yeah, so I'm happy to send a, a copy of the worst book ever written. Um that's arrogant and rude. You two can rate it a one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Davina. Yeah, Davina, what do we got there, John? She says, tips for Aussies living abroad. Well, the first thing is to enjoy yourself, mm. isn't it? Next, Sam Jones <laughs> said. <laughs> so, yeah, look, I we, we've numbered, oh, I suppose we've gone through this in a thousand different ways a thousand times, haven't we? Mm. And And I think we've, both come to the conclusion over the journey that we we just need to make sure we enjoy that time seriously, and if we if we get back um, to resuming our life back in Australia, um, not behind and not in debt, we've had a win. If we've gone uh, any any further progressed along the line than that, fantastic, um, it's a bonus. But not wrap ourselves in guilt because we don't feel as though we're moving forward financially mm. because we're moving forward with our life. Yeah, I would probably say. A couple of things stay the same if you're living and working abroad. So, the first thing that stays the absolute same is uh, more times than not, you'll be working, earning earning an income, you'll need to manage your money and you'll need to buy accommodation to live in, you need to buy food, all that stuff. So, the basic principles are the same. You need to manage your money and have a spending plan, hmm. like wherever you are because that stays the same. You then need to have a think about what your intentions are long-term. Have you just moved to um, Ireland? I want to go there. It's a lovely spot. I'm going to try and get up to Europe in June or July, I think. Go on then. Actually, my friends that have the podcast, Girls That Invest, you probably haven't heard of it. Um. Yeah, I have heard of it. (laughs) She reached out to me. Did she? Yeah, I think. uh, Did I meet her at, at a tour? No, no, no. They're in New Zealand. Oh, maybe I didn't. No. Carry on. Um, anyway, uh, anyway, they're going to do some traveling next year. I'm like, oh, I'll meet you in Europe and we'll chill. Um, good people. Um, back on track. Back on track. <laughs> so, if you're living in Ireland and you have just met somebody and I'll turn my computer off and you're like, oh, this person's a bit of all right. This could be a thing. Now- you want to really work out what your long-term intentions are or have a, a good guess. Mm, you want to if you're in a relationship guess. with someone that's over, lives there, it's like, well, there could be a good chance that I'll stay here. Awesome. 
Or it's like, yeah, well, I'll probably do another year and then go back to Australia and get on with my life. What I'm saying is the intentions are important because it speaks to strategy. Last week on the podcast, there was an episode with Neil uh, Benson, uh, who is in the Facebook group. He's the, the guy in the book who's got the little Lego man emoticon. Now, he's got money in the States and he's got money overseas. He couldn't bring that money back to Australia now without it being taxed a lot because it was more than six months since he had left the States. Right. So, it's all about intention. And if you want to reach out to, you can Google this, everyone, James Ridley from Atlas Wealth. I send all people that want to know about financial planning, future, with living abroad. They've got an office in Dubai. Brett's over in Dubai. Mm. Um, So, what you need to do is before you just start buying property or investing overseas in, you know, investment accounts that aren't in Australia, just make sure you've got a bit of a direction. The worst thing that can happen is you just stay cash heavy and then when you come home, bring the cash with you. Or if you're like, I know this is only a 12-month, two-year thing, bring money back to Australia. Sure, if you want to open an investment account in Australia. But again, uh, the only tips are nothing changes with managing your money, Mm. have a plan, if it is a permanent thing, get some advice, have a chat with uh, James Ridley from Atlas Wealth. Yeah, no, great advice. I think, yeah, there's two types, isn't there? One that go over there and work and one go over there and party and come back and get on with their life. So, And that's it. Like your intention could be, I'm just going to go to Europe and party for six weeks. Mm. But if things start to change and it's like, oh, I've been here two months and this yeah. was going to be six weeks. Yeah. Well, it's just like, all right, what am I doing? Yeah, um, so, it goes back to have a strategy, however small, and have room to pivot and move if you need to. Yeah, and just be uh, be loose. Exactly. What's Sam got to say, John? Sam says, I'm a saver. My wife is a spender. Any tips to help get her on board with the spending plan? We want to buy a house, but it seems so far away that she struggles to stick to the spending plan. Our goal seems unachievable. Three kids make it hard. I get you, Sam. Three kids. All right. So This one's yours. I'm going to start with this one. So I don't think we can get her on board and and blame that she struggles struggles to stick to the spending plan. Um, I think, and I said earlier, we can't convert someone. We can empower them. So we need to sit down together and have some good old uh, chin-wagging about goals and and understand, right, where are we going with this? Do we want our our own home? She might not want it. She might want something completely different. So do we understand what each person wants and then bring that together to, to create an outcome that's going to be viable for both of you? Um, now, that could end in tears, but either way, you, you're on the same page and you know. So, yeah, I wouldn't – calling her a spender – and and you're a saver that that's great, but I wouldn't bring that up in conversation with her. <laughs> I think it's really just understanding where you're going together, and then devising a battle plan. What are you saying, Glenn? Yeah, I'm saying it just needs to be a you know what are we doing here? Like we're we're trying to do this for us to have the best quality of life. We need to have some type of plan. Um, I'm a spender as well and I found that, don't tell me I can't spend money on what I want to spend money on. Won't work. And that's why when I did the Glenn James spending plan, it's like, well, this is an allocation. Mm. You don't have to track every cent. 
but just don't spend more than this amount per week. Yeah. And maybe we need to say, well, I w-, because this is the thing, like if we're in a relationship, I would imagine like you wouldn't want to say to Amy, look, I know you're a spender, Amy, but you're not allowed to. <laughs> I, like I'm just, I just want to throttle everything so you live in misery because mm. it's more about the plan. Mm. Where I'd imagine it could be, hey, we've got to work to our own personality. And also, I can't change Amy. She can't change me. But we can learn about each other and understand what page we're on. Yeah. So we can understand the pages. And what I will do, Sam... Also, if you're listening, if you're listening to this, flick us an email, team at sortyourmoneyout.com. Uh, provide your proof of identity and tax file number, <laughs> and bank account details, and I'll, I will send you a copy of the book because your wife, if she reads just the, the there's a section there. I think it's chapter four on uh, the spending and the cash flow stuff. Just highlight. There's probably three pages where I talk about me being a spender. We just need something that resonates with her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'd say thanks for reaching out, Sam, because this is a really common one. And I think we can't try and convince someone and and don't tell someone they can't do something. Like tell one of your kids to not touch the hot plate, good chance they'll touch it. So how do we empower them in other ways? Yeah. And our goals seem unachievable. I'd really encourage you as well, either do it. I know it's not really a clarity thing like with um, property or I don't know, is is a clarity call good for them or someone like James Miller to distill overall goals? I have been a counsellor on a number of occasions and oh, I, I, I say that God. seriously because <laughs> yeah. um, sometimes having a third party without emotion mm. allows you to say what you want and, and not take sides but just simply outline what each person wants in the conversation. Now, they might get off the call and go and have a good old Barney, but either way, they've got, uh, yeah, better clarity around it. So you would do a clarity call on that? I'd love to. All right, John will do it. He'll do it half price. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the, I don't make any money off your clarity calls, so I don't care. Uh, no. um, actually, John, I've, um, you better watch out. Why? Because your boy Glenny J over here, right. I'm going to do a clarity call with somebody and record it. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. I'm coming back, baby. Yeah, you're back. Bringing back the um. There was, so <laughs> What's the it face- about? I don't know. I forget. In the Rachel's just booked it in. In the Facebook group. So this is what I'm doing lately. If I say something in the Facebook group, I'm like, please screenshot this conversation, email to here, mm. and we'll hook it up. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell everyone why in a second, but. There was a question there and I'm like, that's really interesting. I'd really like to dig in and, you know, kick around some ideas with this yeah. uh, with this lady. Yeah. And I said, look, let's, do you want to do a clarity call with me? We'll just record it and we'll throw it up. Yeah. So, I've got to listen to some of yours Competition. To, to remember how to yeah. actually engage with people. For anyone else that wants to do a clarity call, you'll get sick of that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, but the reason, everyone, why we, um, I need proof now. Because what will happen is I will say in the Facebook group, like if there's someone will say like, oh, hey, I'm a single mom and trying to get my money in order or whatnot, what do I do? Have the spending plan. I'll mm. give it to you. Yeah. So I'll often say, hey, email the team inbox and- um, Send it. And I'll get you one. Yeah. So what happens is 
you bloody leeches out there, you will try and trick us. Yes. Some of you will ta- you try and take advantage of my generosity. Yes. And we've had people go, oh, hey, uh, Glenn in the Facebook group said uh, that I'll have one of the spending plans at no cost. Like, no, go. I didn't. Yeah. Don't well, try and- so, I, I, I get that quite a bit and I, uh, I take my hat off to them because we're teaching them well. We're teaching them to do what? the research. What, and to look take around. advantage of me? No, not take advantage of you, but just to do the research and understand what they're getting. But on that whole... This is a Judas-free zone. On that whole spending money <laughs> yeah, to yeah. improve someone's situation, yeah. I got a, a bike fit the other day. Now, all you cyclists out there will understand how important the bike fit is to understand how, it's, uh, how comfortable you need to be when you ride a bike for hours at a time. And I was a bit hesitant to do it and then I've got it done two weeks ago and unbelievable in the amount of uh, comfort I now get when I'm, when I'm riding versus pre-bike fit. Mm. So money well spent, would do it 10 times over now. I was going to be uh, relevant, Your Honour, but it's that whole I'm spending money to improve my vibe. Correct. Yeah. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back. Yeah, whatever, go to the break. <laughs> If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help, and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers, and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Okay, so just following on, um, I will do some housekeeping now. The spending plan... We've actually changed it. If you just want to buy the spreadsheet, you can do so. You don't have to buy the whole course. So jump on uh, my, uh, it's education.mymillennial.money. So you can do that. And what what other housekeeping? Okay, so Ali Beggs, Sophia Thompson, Sophie Jung, they've asked questions. Understanding cryptocurrencies, explain crypto blockchain, NFTs, what to look out for, all this stuff. I, John, I kind of distanced myself from the whole crypto thing as a financial commentator, if you will, uh, because it is, you know, there is one part of it that's so wild. But the other part of it is like this technology, it's here to stay. You know, Comsec are now bringing crypto uh, trading to their app. So it is here to stay. I think, you know, longer term, something will be the future. Don't know if it will start with B and ending coin or anything like that, but we know something will be the future. So what I'm thinking, John, I want to do a webinar just to explain the basics of cryptocurrency. Now, if you want to know what a crypto exchange is, if you want to know what a wallet is, if you want to know what the blockchain is and how that works, if you want to know what the definition cold storage means, if you want to know what DeFi means, if you know what all those means, save your money. Like, because this is going to be a 101 if my mother or father or 10-year-old niece, I think she's 10, yeah, 11, whatever, if they were attending, I want it to make sense to them. So, this is going to be entry-level introduction 101. I'm just teaching basic concepts. I'm not going to tell everyone to go and buy this coin that no one's heard of because it's the next big thing. I'm just keeping it basic. Now, well that's a good idea. So, what I figured, John, was in, instead of, you know, alcohol, you've got kids and alcohol is a really big thing out there and you don't want your kids to be addicted to alcohol and all this stuff. So, from what I've looked at, 
in re- reality, some parents are like, well, no, they can have a glass of wine at the table when they're 16 because it's mm. a real thing and we yeah, will yeah. introduce it to them or we just won't talk about it at all and hopefully they sort it out. Yep. I've just decided with the crypto stuff, I want to be the parent who will let you have a drink in front of me in a controlled environment. Well done. So That's off to you. Now, there will be a fee because I believe for you to pay, it means you've got buy-in yeah. and you're serious. Yep. Um, it's And I put a poll up in the Facebook group overwhelming majority wanted, you know, $10, mm-hmm. but with a sponsor. So, I had three options, $10 with a sponsor that's a heavy sponsorship. So, now you got to find a sponsor. $49 <laughs> for a light sponsor yeah. or like $69 no sponsor because I don't work for free and neither should you. Mm-hmm. Especially at 8 o'clock at night. And that's right. And all you people out there wanted $10 and heavy sponsor. All right. So, we've started selling tickets. We'll put a link in the show notes. It'll be in a month's time. So, again, it's just amateur. Don't come along and ask questions about, oh, how do I um, set up a node or, you know, should I stake this coin or stake that coin? Like, I'm not going there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is 101. No financial advice. No. So, yeah, feel free to do that. And I do need to find a sponsor. And if I do find a sponsor, we don't do affiliate uh, performance-based ads. So, it's not going to be everyone sign up here and I get $10 every time you sign up. Yep. I don't do that stuff. I'll charge them a flat fee. But just saying there will be a sponsor. If I can't get a sponsor, the joke's on me and everyone got a good deal out of a webinar and I made no money. Jojo, do you want to read that one, John? But you feel good about yourself. Yeah. Well, I want to do it anyway. So. Yeah. Jojo says, for a 50-year-old who is just starting to invest in ETFs and individual stocks, is it still wise to buy a house or just keep on investing in the stock market? Buy a house, mate. <laughs> Standard response. Mm. Uh, no, look, 50s, uh, don't know when you want to put the tools down and, and finish your work, but if everything's working for you and, you and you're generating the income you need and you think you've got enough for the longer term and you can throw a bit into your inheritance for everyone else younger than you, then keep on doing what you're doing. I mean, not everyone has to have a, have a house, which um, you might sound, sound surprised at that, Glenn, but... Uh, I'm falling off my chair. Um, if you're going in with a large mortgage only 10 years from maybe calling it stumps, then it's, um, yeah, going to dent your cash flow. If you're going to buy a house outright and that still gives you enough to play in your individual stocks and ETFs, then um, knock yourself out would be my thoughts. What do you think? Buy a house. Oh. Yeah. So it are reversed. Yeah. So the reason why, the older we get in life and when we stop working, we want to really cap accommodation costs. So... Either way you cut it. Could be in a nursing home in 15 years. What, a 65-year-old? <laughs> you don't know the health. <laughs> yeah, but okay, all things being equal, you're 50 years old, you yep. like your work and all that, there's a higher chance that you'll be working at age 70 because hopefully if you listen to this crap, you love what you do, you don't need to just retire, so you've got value, you'll exchange that value in the marketplace and all that stuff. So the reason you want to hopefully aim to have a house that you own outright without a mortgage, mm. when you tools down. Yeah. And the reason why, so your accommodation costs are capped and you're not having to rent, but also as you age, not having to move around and getting evicted and all that. So Okay, so here's, here's a question. Mm. If we're using that example mm. and in 10 years' time, tools down still has a mortgage, what are we doing? Um, well, either way, 
tools. Okay. So you're saying still have a mortgage in 10 years and they want to put the tools down. Yeah. Well, and this is why we still need to invest for future us. And at age 60, we can get money out of super tax-free. We're probably withdrawing money out of super and clearing the mortgage. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a fair response. Or oh, the, other, just- the other strategy, John, is to go, I'm happy to rent and I'm just pumping. I mean, at age 50, you know, you're 10 years from being able to really access it. Yeah. Or at least 10% of it. I'd probably be more looking at pumping super and get the tax efficiencies along the way. Yes. And then, you know, when you do retire or want to stop working, um, you might then go, all right, peeps, I'm retiring and I've got a big fat chunk of cash in my super. I'm going to withdraw it tax-free because I'm over 60. I've retired from the workforce. So that money can come out tax-free. And then I withdraw 600 grand and buy a unit little villa or somewhere and it's happy days. Yeah. Because I see a little bit of I'm buy, I want to buy a house now for retirement, but I'm going to have a mortgage and I want to stop working. That that doesn't work for me because they're tied to their mortgage when they're potentially reducing their income because they've stopped work. Now, I don't know how long um, JoJo's been working and how long they've been trading and how successful they are in terms of making money in that space. But Well, well they said he's just starting to invest. So on that basis, they they might consider rent vesting and that have a have a high cash flow investment portfolio as well as your ETFs and individual stocks. And then you've got diversification, but you're not tied to a mortgage when you retire. Okay. I think we agree. Let's fast forward. And and this is the whole financial planning thing. And every strategy you do, there has to be some element of assumption, right? So let's go to 65 years old. And on the assumption that we would like the option to stop work. Yes. At 15, 65. 15 years. 15 time. years. And when we stop work, be able to have a house unencumbered. So then we have to work backwards. So how do we get there? And that's where your lifestyle goals comes in. Mm. That's where your risk appetite comes in. That's where it's like, well, you know, I I do have some savings and I, you know, well, if you do have some savings and the shoe fits and it's the right area, let's get into the market now. But if it's like, well, I just want to, so I've had clients, John, lived in Sydney and then after age 60, when they've tools down, up the coast, Foster, Ballina and all that, and then retire up there. Yes. One, one of the guys, uh, they sold a big house, a couple of million dollars at the time in Mossman, went up to North Coast, just put the half of it in a house, half of it back into super, mm. using the downsizer provision and lives on an income, happy days. Yeah. Another guy was just renting in Sydney at age 60, uh, went up to Foster, first hi- first home buyer at age sixty, mm, single wow. man. Yeah, got him into the place because he paid cash for the house. Yeah, then I did the paperwork. Did the first home owner grant mm-hmm. after he settled, and state revenue paid him ten grand into his bank account. It was fifteen grand at the time. So, whatever way happens, I would say to Jojo, what's the Joe? And this is for if your name's Jojo and you're twenty one years old. What's the Jojo of today going to do for the Jojo of tomorrow? Yes. Now, because Jojo's 50 and now dialed into their money, we have to make some 
pretty interesting choices and get moving on it. And I probably would encourage a clarity call mm. just to have some different scenarios. Yeah. And this is the whole, oh, this is, sorry, I almost bumped the desk. This is the whole underlying thing, John. The basic principles still al- uh, apply. Yeah. Earning an income, living on less than I earn, no consumer debt, investing for the future. Yeah. And we, and we just want to have options up our sleeve. If we put all of our cash that we've got available into a mortgage straight away, we can't get that back out unless we sell it. If, if, and if Jojo says, I'm going to work for another 20 years, that's great. Uh, but what if something happens in, the, in your profession? Don't know what you do, but mm. got to take all those things into account, don't we? But I know one thing, the thing, the reason, well, the good thing is the fact that Jojo's asking this. Yes. She or he is so dialed in. Absolutely. Um, Mel J, uh, our final question before we wrap this thing up. Ethical super investment fees versus reward. Um, to be honest, I cover this in a fair bit of detail in the book and the whole thing is if there is an investment that is aligns that aligns with your goals and that could be, well, we do this thing, we focus on this or that, you might not be able to get an index fund that's low cost that covers that because that's a value to you. So you might want to pay the additional fee to invest there. There was a myth uh, 20 years ago that ethical investments were higher fees and didn't have the returns. That never really came to light. Most ethical investments still perform very well. The whole thing is, I, I, I'm just actually, it's not even about super. It's about the concept mm. of if you value something, you're happy to pay more for it. Yeah, and But then, the, you know, your own internal market forces come into play. Like I value really nice luxury cars. Yes, I can't yeah. afford an Aston Martin. So that's not even on the table. No. So it just realistically, um, do I think more than 1% in fees is getting a bit rich? Yes. But if they're doing something sexy over there and I'm totally for it and I believe in the cause, you might want to pay that. Mm. So it's just understanding what they invest in, uh, see if there's some equivalent funds or investment options that have a similar uh, scope to that and then just compare and you won't be able to do an exact comparison but just make sure that you're not getting blatantly ripped off because it's got a certain badge on it or something like that. Um, but can you get ripped off? I think that you can always. Well, In here's that the space, thing. Like- yeah, I, I think there is, there is possibly um, a lot of fund managers still making a lot of money mm. Uh, only because there's lack of competition. Now that's like, that's now starting to change. Um, so it's like anything; you just have to understand what you're paying for yeah. and what you get, and what else is out there in the market. And that's like when you buy a house, John. You go and look at five houses in that suburb. So you go, all right, I want to buy a townhouse in Blue Bay, for example. We're going to look at five townhouses in Blue Bay. Yeah. It will soon become apparent what's good value and what isn't. So, the more you research different things. Yeah, do your research. Yeah, so. Mel. Uh, thanks for the question. Hey, guys, you've been real. I will, uh, I'll talk to you soon, John. Yes, we will. And uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you in Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, third and 10th. Third and 10th. Third in Sydney, 10th in Melbourne. Still tickets. 
and we will uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Okay, so in the Facebook group, the team put up a question, what do you perceive to be your greatest accomplishment in life so far? So, I'm going to read a couple here. Anna, providing financial stability and security along with opportunities for my child's future that I did not have due to being poor. That's pretty cool, hey? Mm, That is good. That's awesome. Uh, there's one here from Taylor. Not quite there yet. A few weeks to go, but finishing uni. That's awesome. Well done, Taylor. Taylor Huckle. Ooh, there's another one here with heaps of likes on it. Brenton Locke. And a lot of this crap, I'll just start reading without pre-reading it. So, (laughs) (laughs) Rebuilding my life after divorce to being debt-free and now saving up a house deposit. So, yeah, yeah, congratulations, mate. Katie Hunt, still alive. Aaron's like, yeah, same. I tagged you in this to also read some. Did you? Yeah, open your Facebook. Gosh, freaking carrying this. Oh, my screen's got some. Um, I stopped at the um, pottery green bakery in Gordon on the way home for lunch, and I've I had a uh, a vermicelli chicken noodle, and I've spilled a bit of stuff on my laptop screen. Yeah, I can't. It's not. Uh, Carrie Lee, work two jobs and way too many 17-hour days. So I was able to travel to 43 countries over the span of 22 months, hitchhiked through 20 of those, become so independent and learn a lot about myself, bought a house 1.5 years later at 26 years old. Carrie Lee, get your ass on this podcast. Please. Look at this one. Can someone reach out to Carrie Lee and... Um, hey, I'm just going to type this because I want to interview her. Hang on one sec. Do you want to find one to read? Yeah, I've got one here. This is a banger. Marinka says, migrating to Australia with two suitcases and 5K in the pocket. In the 20 years, completed a bachelor, paid off hex, proud mum of two children, own four properties. Yikes. And I have a large mortgage. That is amazing. Well done. Nathan Hale says, being accepted into the My Millennial Money Facebook group. That's an achievement in itself. Uh, we, let, we don't let everyone in, trust me. No. Uh, Dev Raga says, sounds a bit lame. First generation immigrant. Med school, quickest way to turn my life around. Of course, supported by parents slash family for, for, pride, for providing food and shelter. Um, Dev, 
watch this space? Um, so Carrie Lee, I just commented on her post, John. I said, hey, listen to the after party on Tuesday's podcast on uh-huh. Tuesday the 23rd. Um, Katrina Lanigan, good one here. Spending quality time with mum before her decline and being in a position to immediately hand work off, travel home and solely look after mum and everything she wanted and needed in the final month of her life, solely giving myself to the woman who gave me life and raised me. How good's that? Amazing. I sometimes randomly stalk a lot of you people, your Facebook profiles. He does too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was a dude who... There's a dude, I forget your name, but we've chatted on Instagram. And he's a cool guy that we're going to catch up in Sydney. Cool. Um, I'm just having a look. Any Anyone else there, John? No. It's locked out. <laughs> What's yours? Oh, no. I was just... I'm just um, playing around here. Have you got one or not? No. You haven't got a, an achievement? Oh, me personally? Yes. Uh, doing that book. Yeah. Yes. Seriously, that was yeah. the biggest thing I've done. Yeah, it's a good achievement. Mind you, the worst book that's ever been read by someone, but um Yeah. Yeah. That was honestly that was the biggest achievement that I've done. Yeah, that's good. I haven't got any others. Someone just tagged me. So Eddie, my friend, Eddie Smith, just tagged me on Facebook because his wife, Sudi, shared a post. Friends with no kids be like, you want to go to Africa this Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do that all the time, basically. Yes, you do. If someone like, if one of my friends was like, hey, let's go over to the Europe place or whatever next week yeah. for a couple of weeks later, all right? Yeah, Ben. Brooke Williams said, purchasing my home on my own at 24, worked my ass off to get there, then lost three jobs due to COVID through grit, determination, hard work. I kept my house and now I've refinanced and looking to purchase my second. That's awesome. Christy yeah. Murray being one of the 1% less than of people who graduate university having grown up in care. Mm-hmm. That is amazing as well. That's all I've got for you. Um, Phil Muscat, Muscat, have you read this one? I wasn't listening to most of your stuff. My family followed by sporting success, then buying our first home. The financial stuff is great, but the other stuff is what you'll remember and be proud of on your deathbed. Mm. Oh, wow. Dave, learning to walk again after, at 23, after massive brain injuries whilst in the army. Well, that's... Savage, and thank you for your service. That's just amazing. Mm. Karen, not dying in my 20s of an overdose. Wow. Now, this is cool. Can you tell me how you do it, Lachlan? Consistently doubling my income every year over a four-year period. That is impressive. I might have said that wrong. Consistently doubling (laughs) my income over a four-year period. Alex Keegan, do I know you? I don't know. No, I don't think so. What about Emma Bates? Rebuilding my entire life after finally leaving an emotionally and financially abusive marriage, starting from scratch at 27 with two kids under three with STD, up to the eyeballs, 
to now being almost 35, debt-free investing and saving and looking back on those really difficult years as a single mum, as a total blessing in my life. I wouldn't be me without having had those struggles and I've had the blessing of being a mum to two very big-hearted, clever and kind kids who are always grateful for what they have. Well done, Emma. I had a, um, a moment in time yesterday, Jonathan. Did you? Mm, so I was at breakfast and there was a... For everyone that doesn't know, Glenn goes out for breakfast every day. No, I've actually changed a bit since COVID. I haven't been... Oh, actually, <laughs> every day this week I have been. Yeah. No, wait, wait, maybe. Cause it was, and it's, it's Thursday. Thursday. It's the, no, 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 no. <laughs> I think Monday I had breakfast at home. Okay. So I was Hold at breakfast on. the other day and this lady, you know, sitting next to me, this is like, this is actually everyone. I'm actually going to share a story um, that if you've had any DV issues or... Um, anything like that, please stop the podcast now. Um, thanks for listening to our rambles, but I'm going to share a story that is actually quite traumatic and sensitive. Uh, so I'll just give everyone time to turn off their stuff and mo- change the channel to My Millennial Property. Mm-hmm. Yes, well done. So I was having breakfast and this lady was sitting next to me and, you know, I'm just away working on my laptop and, you know, it was a bit cold or windy or whatever. And they, she goes, oh, yeah, it's cold here. And I'm like, yeah, it's not great here because, you know, the build, the cafe here kind of faces south and it's kind of in the shade sometimes, like, whatever, most of the days in the shade. And I'm like, oh, are you not from around here? She goes, oh, no, no, I am. I'm just actually looking for a new place, like, in this, like, mm. area. Mm. And I said, oh, cool, you, like... And that's cool. She goes, yeah, I, um, it was just such a moment in time where if you meet somebody, you've always got to make sure that you do have the time to, I guess, give other humans some decency or time. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm yeah. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I close my laptop and, oh, what's your name? Yeah. So anyway, four months ago, this lady, she was living in a house because she'd come out of a DV mm. situation. So he's living by herself in this house. I'll tell you the area after this. Um, and she goes, yeah, four months ago I had a home invasion with eight people, five guys and three girls oh. all coming to the house, bashed the crap out of me. Wow. Took all my stuff and got out like, and she's like, yeah, I broke all my face. And like, I'm just like, geez. I'm like, gosh. I'm like how did, she's like, yeah, I just struggled to, I'm like, oh, really? Like you just could not. Fathom that. Yeah. Can't take it. So, yeah, so we were just talking about um, her trying to find new accommodation uh, because she was part of government housing and and whatnot. And and I said, yeah, it's tough out there. And I said, why don't you – it was just a nice moment because I said you've just – I was just chatting like you've just always got to do the opposite of what people are doing Mm. because she's looking for private accommodation as well and she's got a a social worker or whatnot. And I'm like – I honestly think you should maybe write to the local member mm. and try and get some actual real help. She's like, oh, my gosh, I'm, like, going to email today. I'm like, yeah, you just got to mm. keep active, you know. Um, yeah, it's just – and I said, yeah, whatever. But um, just got to always be open to listen to people and yeah, 
you know, I did a, you know, when I was leaving, I um, told the team I'll grab her breakfast and, mm. and I'm like, yeah, this That's one's nice. on me. And she, I don't think she understood because um, I said, have a good day. And then the owner of the cafe texts me later. She's like, oh, that was so nice. She was so overwhelmed. Mm. And, mm. and I'm not, because I do so much crap that I don't share publicly, but yeah. I just wanted to highlight that part of the story because you, you know, for paying for someone's $20 meal could just put the biggest spring in their step. Yeah, just give them a confidence to yeah. send an email, to make a phone call. Yeah, and like mm. when was the last time you did something nice or generous? Yeah, And if right. you don't remember off the top of your head, mm. it's time to do it. It is. It's got to be within the last six hours surely. What? What have you done? <laughs> oh, I bought I bought the cycling team a coffee this morning. What did you buy me? Nothing. Um, but yeah, so that was just, it was just a moment of humanity and... No, nah, it's very good. You just think, well, here I am with my freaking laptop. My biggest problem is, oh, yeah. do I have a long black or like... Yeah, no, it's, and you feel, yeah, you feel weird about it, don't you? When you, mm. oh, I'm not comfortable around people that, um, yeah, are, are suffering. Like mm. you just... You just feel guilty almost, don't you? Yeah, and so my problem is I'm a doer and I'm a helper mm. and I've learned that it's not healthy. Like Instead of me jumping, all right, how can I help? Like yeah. can I connect you with this? Yeah. Sometimes just, just shut your mouth, listen yeah. and be an ear for somebody. Yeah, my wife says that, empathy. Yeah, and mm. if you've got a spare $20, buy them breakfast. Yeah, that's right. Like it's not, mm. you know – no, it's good. Rocket surgery. Oh, I've got to go. Oh, yeah, before you go, um, I told John this and if you're listening, thank you for being nice. You know, or maybe. So one of you out there is a property valuer and this is an example <laughs> where I know why like famous people yeah. buy property in trusts. So someone who went and valued my property the other day knew who I was and I'm like, oh, I hope he hooks me up because the tenant in the property, he said to the tenant, oh, this is Glenn James's apartment. <laughs> you must be so-and-so. You know who I am. And I'm like, oh, I hope he just gives me an extra hundred grand. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you for um for doing that. Gave oh, me an extra 50. Well, I think it, one next door sold for basically what mm. he valued it at. So. Yeah. It, so it wasn't your name, it was just uh, the data. <laughs> yeah, but it was just fascinating that... Yeah. Um, You're a big dog now. Well, I'm not, but yeah. I just wanted to say thanks, brah. Uh, well done. Thanks for everyone tuning in. All right, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.